Hello and welcome to the Royal Blue Podcast, where we like to discuss all things championship football and, of course, our beloved Birmingham City. The championship has gone all topsy-turvy and higgledy-piggledy as the form book is thrown out of the window. Uh, we'll be offering our analysis of each game as the league continues to surprise. Uh, of course, we'll also be looking at Blue's tough afternoon at Peterborough and looking forward to hopefully bouncing back against Preston at the weekend. Uh, a tough few games for Blue's. Uh, and we'll take um, we'll be taking it all into consideration and offering you our thoughts. Uh, but before we go any further, I must introduce your hosts. My name is Alex, and I'm joined by my always optimistic co-host Joe. Joe, how are you today? And how are you going to put a positive spin on the last few games from Blues? <laughs> I was going to say I don't think I'm going to be too optimistic tonight. Uh, but there are a couple of games to really uh, delve into. I think mm. it will probably be the most negative show from a Blues point of view. But there are some really interesting results to pick out. Mm. Um, I mean, I'm looking at I'm looking at the list that we've got uh, to to order the show, and uh, I mean. We're going to run out of time, I think. So, <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to crack on. We're also we? going to have to talk about the whole Derby situation Absolutely. as well. Again, I mean, I know that we've, it's been covered time and time again, but you can't really not talk about it. So uh, loads and loads to get into tonight. Absolutely. There is a lot to discuss, as you say, uh, and we're going to get straight into it after this. So yes, it's the Royal Blue Podcast. We've got a lot to talk about. We might as well get straight into it. This is the part of the show uh, where we're going to look at all the fixtures um, outside of uh, Blue's uh, Saturday afternoon game. And there's 11 games to get through with lots and lots of shocks. So we're going to get right into it, starting with Fulham uh, being beaten at home 2-1 by Reading. Uh, it was a goal in each half from Ovi Ajaria. Uh, which gave Reading a surprise victory at Fulham, who dropped off the top of the championship table. Former Liverpool midfielder Ajaria put the Royals in front with a fine curling strike into the top right corner. The 23-year-old then doubled Reading's lead after the break with a cool turn and finish from Alan Halilovic uh, from his clever chipped pass into the box. We don't really care about him, though. Uh, Fulham dominated possession throughout and pulled a late goal back through substitute Rodrigo Muniz's header, but Reading held on. So... This was a Fulham that came to St Andrews last week uh, and were put under the, the cosh, it's safe to say, certainly in the first half by Blues. Um, but they had those clinical moments. They got them, they got the goals when it mattered. They took their chances. But here, there's it's that bit of fragility uh, that you mentioned before we started recording, Joe, um, that we saw a little bit of, of um, at St Andrews uh, coming to the fore here in the Reading game. What, what did you make of it? My, my biggest... Uh qualm I suppose is the word to use is the lack of rotation especially in a squad as deep as Fulham's they played the same starting 11 I'm pretty sure as they did at St Andrews uh, which was only you know there's only what four days in between the games which while you know they, these are professional athletes you know the game is played at a high octane pace and it's not like they were playing against two uh, two teams that you'd expect them to roll over Blues made their life hard, made their life difficult um, for a long portion of the game. And uh, Reading would have done exactly the same thing. I didn't really get to watch much of the game. I didn't think, I don't think it was on any TV or anything, but reading some of the match reports, um, Fulham controlling the possession, doing what 
what they like to do, just keep hold of the ball and the opening will come. But when Reading had the ball, they used it so brilliantly. And um, it, it was it's another one. They just they are building from that performance a few weeks ago against QPR, where they where they could only muster a draw against high score and QPR, who will come on to, I think will probably come on to them next, I assume. Um, and uh, it was really controlled from them. They didn't panic. They weren't uh, they weren't nervous about playing against the. They, they almost preferred being the underdogs. I mm. think. Yeah, I think, uh, going to Craven Cottage and not being expected to get a result, mm. and when they had the ball, they just played with uh, with freedom. And Azaria uh, was 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 clinical. Yeah, it certainly looks that way. Uh, a great result for Reading, um, you know, and that <laughs> moves them up to 14th. They're pulling away from that relegation zone now, uh, onto 10 points, uh, looking good. And of course, yeah, Fulham knocked off top top spot, but we'll we'll get to uh, get to whoever uh, the team that's replaced them very shortly. And as you say, we should get straight into the QPR game. Whereas QPR were beaten at home 2-1 uh, by Bristol City. It was an injury-time Naki Wells goal that gave Bristol City the dramatic victory at Queen's Park Rangers and their third straight away win in the championship, starting to find some form. Chris Martin's calm finish put the visitors in front just before half-time, before Rangers' Sam McCallum rifled into level after the restart. Teammate Lyndon Dykes missed several chances as QPR dominated possession in search of a winner. And then it was substitute Wells who had the final say as he drove forward on the counter-attack and scored in the 93rd minute to move Bristol City up to ninth. This was a big shock, wasn't it? I, I it was. fully expected QPR, even on a, on, a, on a bad day, to at least come away with a point against the Bristol City side. They're showing some signs of life, but the way QPR started the season, it has to go down as a shock, doesn't it? It does. And I think a huge, uh, a huge shout out to David Bentley in the, uh, in the Bristol City goal. He, I mean, 11 shots on time. Daniel, is it Daniel Bentley? You're doing what I, I know. It was David. Do. Oh, it is Daniel. Never mind. David Bentley oh. was the one that used to play for uh, Spurs. Uh, he was oh, on David, oh I'm thinking of David Bentley. Okay, yeah, never mind. <laughs> um, two equally, uh, equally good players from this weekend anyway. Wow. I mean, bloody hell, I mean, but Daniel, Daniel Bentley, Mr. Bentley, um, <laughs> scored, a, he scored, uh, he didn't score. He saved, uh, he saved everything that came at him. I mean, obviously he did concede, uh, but let's not hold that against him. He was brilliant in goal. I've heard a lot of uh, Bristol City fans hugely praising him, and I've praised him in the past, uh, claiming him to be one of the best in the championship. Him, A rare occasion where I am proved right. Um, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the Bristol City squad and big Craig, Nigel Pearson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, for context, I... I, I before the show, I uh, accidentally called Nigel Pearson Craig Pearson. I don't know where that. You getting mixed with Craig Pearson, the referee? That might be maybe, what it is. maybe that that's what it is. What it was. You I do what know. I normally do, where I get the surnames mixed up and I end up fucking <laughs> the, the first names out of thin air. I've only just, I've only just got home from work. Give me, a, give me. A <laughs> and um, but yeah, so I, I, but I'm a big fan of the Bristol City squad, and uh, mm-hmm. one player that I'm a huge fan of is Hannoah Masenio young central midfielder who's uh, who has really proven to, to be a mainstay in a championship side, which is excellent. I think he's still only 21 or 22 years of age. Mm. Um, young French midfielder with crazy hairdo, kind of like Toad from uh, Mario Kart. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that big kind of bushy... I, I wondered, I first thought of Toad, isn't there a character called Toad in um, Neighbours or something? No, you, you, yeah, I can see what you mean. He's very much looks like uh like that like he's got a mushroom on his head. I think that's what <laughs> he you does. Get. He does, but uh, he he doesn't he doesn't 
he's not weighed down by that big old mushroom. He's uh, his turn of pace, his ability on the ball is uh, is really under underrated. QPR were poor, really. That's that's the only way to put it. Uh, we have set our expectations of them higher, higher than they were at the very start of the season because they've started so well. But you know, uh, it was bound to happen at some point. A little stumble, wasn't it? Yeah. And um, but I think. I don't think we should focus on that too much. I think Bristol City deserve the credit for going to QPR. Again, they've they've, they've gone away from home. They've gone out and they've and they've got a really really good result. And I think I don't know if maybe there's a you know the whole adage play to the end of the half. Play to the yeah. end of the half. Yeah, yeah. And you know we see we see late goals all the time in the championship. It's not uncommon to see goals in the 93rd, 4th, 5th minute. But the first goal for Bristol City came in the 45th minute, just before half time as well. So I don't know. I, 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 it could just be a complete coincidence, but you know, maybe there's a little bit of a mentality thing. Maybe QPR were being a little bit, you know, we're QPR, we've started brilliantly, it's going to mm. come. And yeah. so the heads are already waiting for a half time talk where they're going to tweak things. And they've conceded because their, their heads have just turned a bit. Yeah, I think you're right. It could be complacency, some sort of naivety. It, it, you know, looking at the stats, you're absolutely right. QPR having those 26 shots to Bristol's uh, nine um, shows the profligacy that QPR have, have shown. And Bristol really choosing their moments to burst forward and, and create those meaningful uh, openings. It's it, it's a real well. It's a reminder for QPR. You know, this. You know, they might have been in good form, but the way that this league goes, you can't take anything for granted. It drops QPR out of the playoff places. They're down into eighth. Um, <laughs> it shows you how competitive. Yeah, well, it's crazy. It started so well, um, and obviously we've got Bristol climbing up to ninth. So they, they're really starting to pick up now. Um, Even after, I mean, because uh, let's be fair, right? We've we've kind of criticised Bristol City so far this season. Um, for being a bit underwhelming, and we've we said QPR have been brilliant, but after eight games, they're on the same points. Yeah, it's 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 a really really interesting thing. It's it <laughs> it just goes to show in the championship, you know, things can turn very quickly, and that that away record that Bristol City have now got is well, it's almost like the kind of record you just hope to have at home. Really, winning winning those games at home um, on the road are giving them a big boost, and they're starting to to climb up the table. If anything could happen in this league. It never ceases to amaze me, and and that that was the case with the next game. Uh, that I've got on my list, which is Derby County. Oh yeah, uh, beating Stoke City two one, and Stoke started the season fantastically. Well. They have, I think, before before we go into the match report. Yeah, um, shall we talk a little bit about Derby County? Yeah, it's, it's, um, it's a really it's a really interesting discussion. It, it's but, it's it's obviously it's not great for them. Mm. Um, it looks as though they are they're almost certain to get at least a twelve point deduction in the league, which would I think that would put them on minus points still um yeah. minus two i think uh, i haven't got the table directly it would indeed yeah minus two points um oh look at that knowledge there eh oh. quick maths um uh, and i think they may even get a point deduction next season which i mean is would be absolutely astonishing if that's not in league one um which is a shame and it also looks as, the, as though they're set to enter administration. In fact, it's half past seven when we're recording this on a Monday on Monday evening. They may already be in it. I am just on my phone quickly having a look to see if uh, there's any. Um, it looks as though, and, and also I'm reading that Wickham Wanderers plan to launch legal action against Derby's administration. 
right. Whatever what that means, I have no idea. I'm literally reading this for the first time right now. That's an added crinkle. I I saw something the other day that the 12 points would be deducted, but only nine of those would be deducted this season and it would be three next season. But I don't know how true that is. Well, I've read that it would be it would be 12 points this season Mm. and then a further six point deduction. I mean, that's. Uh, which That's is absolutely brutal. mental. That's, That's a huge. That is a huge, huge punishment. Well, I think it's it's difficult, isn't it? Clearly, they will try to mitigate that as much as they can, so they can have some chance of staying up this season. They just started to show signs of life, especially with a big win over um, over a high flying Stoke side. But this is a real spanner in the works. Um, I've not seen anything um, concrete since this was uh, announced okay, over okay. the weekend. So, so the, the the legal action that Wickham are looking to take mm. is the fact that the, the, the point deduction didn't happen last season. Oh, I see. It's, yeah, which would have seen Wickham stay up and yeah. Derby go down, and then that would have, and the, and being in the championship means that uh, is an extra roughly ten million pounds at least um, for a club, which is actually quite a big jump. From well, for a club for a club like Wickham, that's a lot club of money. The size of Wickham is huge. Mm. Um, so uh so i think that's the legal action that they're going to take against the efl mm-hmm. for delaying the punishment yeah but i mean this is all this is literally all that was posted 45 minutes ago right um so you know everything is is speculation at this point mm. but one thing that is for certain is derby are in trouble yeah even though they've shown some signs of life um they are in trouble i'll just quickly read this match report and then we can sort of have a look at the greater context so it was a troubled derby that ended a miserable week in style as max bird's spectacular goal paved the way for a deserved home win over informed stoke Facing the prospect of a 12-point deduction after announcing on Friday they would go into administration, the Rams responded superbly as Bird curled in a 25-yard shot into the top corner on his 21st birthday. Moments later, Curtis Davies met Graham Shinney's floated free kick ahead of the onrushing Stoke goalkeeper Josef Bursic and flicked a header into an empty net. City pulled a goal back against the run of play when Mario Vrantic uh, teed up former Derby midfielder Tom Ince to slot in his first league goal since July 2020. But the hosts withstood late pressure to claim a first home win of the season. So as it stands, Derby are 12th on 10 points. With everything that's going on, I'm sure the fans would bite your hand off to have that sort of finish. Oh, um, my God, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but it doesn't look like that's the way it's going to play out. It doesn't. And it looks... I mean, let's give credit to, to the, the, the players and the, the management and coaching staff Wayne Rooney and his staff, uh, they've they've been absolutely fantastic. And even I was even reading uh, what Wayne Rooney has been talking in a bunch of interviews. He only found out about Derby going into administration on Sky Sports when it was announced on Sky Sports a few nights ago after the game, mm. um, which is really poor from the Derby board. You'd think that you'd want to keep your yeah. manager in the loop, especially when it's someone as high profile as Wayne Rooney. Um, and... I mean, their their fortunes on and off the pitch are chalk and cheese. Um, I mean, they've actually been playing some really good football. Uh, there's been a few games, of course. I mean, the game against Blues is one that comes to mind, where they were also a little bit unlucky in that game. Uh, but, you know, that was a long time ago. We're not going to cover that again. Mm. Um, but the all things considered, on the pitch, everything is going as well as could have been hoped. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. And it's, it's as we've said, isn't it? 
their problem really is the squad depth. And the moment that this that there's these back-to-back games, you've got Saturday midweek, Saturday midweek, um, injuries, fatigue, that's where they would start to drop away. And that's where we feared they'd get sucked into a relegation battle because so. their first eleven is pretty good. Yeah, their first um, eleven, their first eleven is 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 a mid-table championship yeah, side. Yeah, but, but you know, then, you think Wayne Rooney has a couple of injuries to deal with. Yeah, and they've got game after game after game because they do come thick and fast. Probably more so in the championship than you do in any other league. Mm. I was going to say in England, but I, I, maybe in the world. Yeah, um, you know, there's not many leagues that are more than twenty teams, and. Uh, it's 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 gonna be it's gonna be a long season for Derby fans. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. Can't argue with that. Moving on to an absolute goal fest now. Uh, Luton Town three, Swansea City three. This was a crazy game. Luton seemed to be involved in a lot of crazy games so far this season. Uh, Swansea City fought back from three 0 down to claim a point in remarkable fashion at Luton Town after a thrilling contest at Kenilworth Road. Luton blew Swansea away in the first period as Luke Berry volleyed in and Elijah Adebayo struck twice. Russell Martin's team looked on course for an embarrassing defeat but bounced back spectacularly after the break. Jamie Patterson and Olivier Ncham both scored from distance before Joel Pirro levelled in stoppage time. (laughs) So, I mean, where to start with this one? This was, um, they looked like they were set to end. I think they'd gone four games without a win before this Luton. They were three goals up at half-time. What happened? <laughs> it was all looking peachy in the Luton camp, wasn't it? Yeah. And you mentioned just before you done your uh, your match report, you mentioned that that Luton Town have been involved in a lot of crazy games. And while that's great from a neutral perspective, and even for the fans, I mean, the fans that haven't got heart problems, um, it's not good for the points on the board it is not good to be involved consistently in high scoring who knows what way it's going to go games but for Swansea half time and full time they're in completely different places and they came out with nothing to lose at half time and uh, Luton just got caught out they didn't they they didn't do enough to to solidify themselves defensively mm. And they didn't do enough to to try and push on and extend their lead. They were just kind of a bit nothing-y. It was almost like they thought that at half-time the game was completely done. But as we know in the Championship, that is never the case. Absolutely. And it, 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 it was remarkable. I remember looking at the score and thinking, blimey, Swansea really are struggling. Russell Martin, Swansea... Um, you know, before kickoff, they're only on six points. They're just above the relegation zone. You're thinking they really need to kick in soon, and, and maybe that second half is what will give the Swans um, a bit of a, a bit of a boost, knowing that they've come from three goals down away from home, um, and they've got themselves a point because, as I say, they've gone from six points to seven points, but they're still only outside the relegation zone on goal difference. And this is Swansea we're talking about, who are very recently in the Premier League and have some very very talented young players. Um, for Luton, they're in 13th now on 10 points. Um, yeah, they they seem to be going going steady. There's been signs that Luton are capable of, of something this season, but they are also a bit susceptible. They seem to be very uh, inconsistent and, and, well, consistency and, and the M word, as we've discussed numerous times, momentum mm-hmm. uh, is what it's all about. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how they get on. It will uh, be. As, it will be. As the, as, as, as the season progresses, it will be interesting to see 
if they do manage to find themselves on a run of form, because I think that's what that's what they need. They just need to pick up that one result. And uh, I'm not sure who they have next, um, but it, it, it strikes me as a hugely important game for them. Well, uh, unfortunately, they're, they're away. away Bournemouth, they're away Bournemouth. <laughs> yeah. just on Saturday. Um, that's going to be a hard, hard game for them. But... Um, it's, it's, it will be really important for them to, to 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 just really find. They've got to find something. They've got to find something from somewhere. A mm. win by Hux or by Crux to just to, to just get it on the board. To just yeah. to, they, I think they need to. They they still need to rebuild their confidence. They they still don't really believe in themselves on the pitch. It looks like. And you think at three 0 up, you should be flying high, confident as anything. And they they still look nervous coming back out. Mm. And Swansea eventually capitalise on it. Yeah, definitely. Um, moving on, as we've still got a few games to get through before we move on to the blues section of the show, uh, Preston North End, uh, they performed very well to, to take a draw at home to West Brom. It was promotion chasing West Bromwich Albion that were held to their third championship draw in a week as they were forced to settle for a share of the spores against Preston North End at Deepdale. Preston also drew their third game on the trot after picking up points on the road at Bristol City and Sheffield United. And Frankie McAvoy's side briefly looked on for a third successive home league win when they took the lead on 26 minutes. Emil Reese set up midfielder Ben Whiteman and his right foot shot from outside the box found the bottom right corner for his second goal in successive home games. But Matt Phillips also netted his second goal of the campaign when he levelled two minutes into first half injury time with a header into the bottom left corner. So West Brom... They're unbeaten, but it's three draws on the trot now. Yeah, Are not- they starting to be found out? Is is it this to do with the manager? I don't think, um, I don't think they're starting to be found out. I think that I think that they they haven't really. Could they, you can't. There's no. You, they can't be found out because they've not really got a secret. They haven't mm. got. Uh, they haven't really got an identity of playing. In my opinion, they don't have a way they want to play football you know you look at Fulham they have a way they want to play they want to dominate the ball and then they, and they want to really pile the pressure on a back four to, to force them to break down you look at the way that Bournemouth like to play Bournemouth have their style of you know having the ball in the midfield getting the ball out wide that they, everyone ha- and teams like to have a style of play but West Brom kind of don't yeah. and yes they're unbeaten but that's just because of the quality they have Mm, mm. Do you think it's, it's it's still a manager sort of imposing his style? I think, it's manager, sort of in I, think it's man, I think it's the manager thing. I think you know he, he's coming from Barnsley. In, we know we know that he's a good manager, right? He, and I think give it another give it uh, give it another month or so. Obviously they're unbeaten. Things are looking good for them. Mm. I think they must be third. I imagine. Um, correct. Correct. And uh, I think that they look, they dominated the ball in this game. And I mean, it's 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 a tricky one with West Brom. We don't really think about West Brom that often, even as Birmingham fans, um, because I don't see them as that important. Really, <laughs> it's not, that's not being rude or anything. I I've been to the Hawthorns before; it's a nice little ground and whatever. Mm. But I don't see them as 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 the team that's let's going to set the championship alight. I never have, even before mm. the season. You know, they came down, they kept hold of most of their players. Uh, I mean, they only lost one and he went, it was, I can't remember his, I can't even remember his name now, but he went off to um, 
to, to to Dubai or something instead of going to the Premier League, which he could have done. Some twenty four year old really talented. Oh, do you mean El Ghazi? No, not El Ghazi. El Ghazi's like that Villa player, isn't he? Not El Ghazi. It's it's the. Do you mean the um the defender, you know the centre back? No, no, no. He's an attacker. He's an attacker. Oh, I'll, uh... I'll, find, him. <laughs> I'll find him. Um. But uh, other than they, they kept hold of their team, you know, they've still got one of the best goal. They've got the best goalkeeper in the championship in Sam Johnston. They have the best goalkeeper in the championship, even before Ramsdale was sold from uh, from Sheffield United. And um, they've got they've got a great great team there. They should be they should be top. Really, they should be thinking they should be top, but they're not. They haven't. They've not got an identity in that team where they go and this is how we're going to play football and we're going to absolutely destroy our opponents where Fulham and Bournemouth do. And um, that will be their problem this season if they don't sort that out quickly. Mm, mm, there are lots of tight games. You're, you're absolutely right. Um, moving on swiftly because time is against us. Huddersfield Town, uh, they hosted Nottingham Forest, a Nottingham Forest side with only a single point to their name uh, on Saturday afternoon. However, Caretaker manager Stephen Reid guided Nottingham Forest to their first championship win of the season at Inform Huddersfield. In their first match since Chris Hutton was dismissed, Forest deservedly ended a 13-match winless league run stretching back to last season against a disjointed Huddersfield town. Brennan Johnson sprinted away down the wing from his own half before crossing into the goalmouth for Lewis Graben to put the Reds in front with a diving header. And the visitors doubled the lead after the break when town goalkeeper Lee Nichols saved smartly from Ryan Yates, only to deflect Joe Lolly's follow-up into his own net. So I've got to be honest, I did not see this one coming. Um, we we knew that the Forest were in a, a bit of trouble. They've sacked Chris Hutton. He's now out of the picture. Um, and then to go to Huddersfield Town. Huddersfield Town have started very, very well. And to get a convincing 2-0 away win... Uh, is, is really, really impressive. Uh, what, what did you make of this one, Joe? Well, uh, what it does is it shows that they've got the quality in their squad. You know, they've if to no one else, they've proved it to themselves, that they've got the quality to go out and beat these teams. Getting your first three points is, is massive, but I think the 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 win has come from, you know, the, the whole adage, you know, when you when you first sack your manager and whatever, you tend to get a win. You know, you, you see it, you see it. Everywhere, everywhere you go, the first thing that happens when you sack your manager, the next game that comes up, you tend to win. I don't know what the actual stats are on that, but um, they played well. They played they played simple football. And uh, I was more shocked at the way Huddersfield approached the game uh, with their start to the season. We haven't really I mean, we've talked about them plenty this season in ter- uh, Huddersfield in terms of how well they've been doing, but we haven't really talked about them certainly before the season started as a team to watch. Um, and this is the kind of performance that we would have been expecting before the season started, I think. Um, mm. Maybe a little bit of burnout happening already uh, could be one, but I think that most of the props need to go to Nottingham Forest, who just went there to go and play football and uh, and they went and they'd done what they needed to do. Yeah, I completely concur. It, it just... Looked like a perfect away performance and a really, really vital win for Forrest to, to get themselves back in the picture. They're on to four points. They're still bottom of the table, but on four points, um, three points away from safety. But it's still early days and, and a big win like that away could really provide, um, provide I mean, a real we have to. I think we should talk about some of the speculation around Nottingham Forest is who's going to replace 
Hewton because uh, I think Reed is it Reed is his name Stephen Reed yeah is currently Reed, caretaker. Uh, the, uh, he's he is caretaker boss. I don't think it will be long before they do get someone through the door. Mm. Some of the links to John Terry are quite <laughs> strong, apparently. I mean, that would just be mental. John Terry, that's a huge job for him to take on. I mean, that, that doesn't, it, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's too big a risk considering the start they've had. They, they need someone with a bit more experience. I think the, one, the one that stands out to me is Chris Wilder. Yeah, yeah. Uh, if they do get Chris Wilder in, I wouldn't be surprised if, if the board are looking at Chris Wilder thinking, well, look what he's done with Sheffield United. Maybe that's the kind of person that will save us this season and maybe kind of long term, why not push us for thinking about promotion in the next few seasons? Yeah, I think that's that's certainly the kind of manager they should be looking at. I've not seen any other names in the mix, but uh, yeah, <laughs> two very different sort of propositions there. In, Absolutely. In Terry, crazy. Chris Wilder. And just, just before we move on to the next game, the West Brom player that was sold was Matthias Pereira. Oh, Pereira, yeah. The, the, the youngster is on, it was, young, it, young, young online attacker, from then. Really good attacker. Mm. Uh, I mean, some of his stats were like, he was being compared to the likes of Jack Grealish for some of his dribbling and progressive passes and progression on the ball. Um, and he's gone and signed for Al-Halil in Saudi Arabia uh, for £15 million. Um, and I remember seeing quite a funny interview, actually, where he just said, I came here for the money because they were offering me the most money. And I want to make sure that that I have enough money to live after I retire. Fair play. Fair play. If you've got the talent, why not? Fair play. But I mean, there's, you know, you can probably earn quite a lot of money by making a name for yourself in the English game and, and can. winning maybe, some honours that are perhaps are a bit more worthwhile. Having to play for West Brom probably really hurt him for a bit. <laughs> he had to just get out anyway. He had to leave England for a bit. He needed an escape route, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so moving on, we'll look at uh, Hull City versus Sheffield United. The blades are starting to pick up. Should we be scared? Billy Sharp scored and missed a penalty on his 300th appearance for Sheffield United. A struggling Hull were easily beaten at the MKM Stadium. Sharp finished off a sweet move by heading in Morgan Gibbs-White's perfect right-wing cross to put the blades in front. Although Hull goalkeeper Matt Ingram superbly saved Sharp's spot kick just before half-time, the visitors took control after the break. Two John Egan headers, both from corners, killed off any hope of a cool comeback despite Keane Lewis Potter's consolation, their first goal in more than 10 hours. The win extends Slavisa Jokanovic's side's unbeaten run to five games, while the Tigers slipped into the relegation zone. So John Egan, with a brace there, taking a leaf out of Aidan Flint's book, centre-backs popping up with, with braces. What is the world coming to? It really is a mad league. Sheffield United are up and running, aren't they? That's what it seems to, to look like to me. No, not to me. No? <laughs> no, not to me. Um, I don't want to put a downer on it, but three headers, two of them from corners from John Egan. And this is against a whole city side who the two centre-backs, uh, Deshaun Bernard and uh, and Jacob Greaves, neither of them are taller than six foot two. Right. So if you, if you, if you put a good ball into the box, chances are certainly with the type of attackers that Sheffield United have, and certainly defenders as well in John Egan, chances are you're going to win the header. Mm. So I wouldn't get too ahead of yourselves, personally, uh, any uh, Sheffield United fans, not to put a downer on it. Of course, you know, you've gone away from home and, and won a game, but Hull City didn't play badly. In fact, their goal was really well worked. Um, I, did, I did watch most of this game. I, I managed to catch the second half, which is where most of the things happened. Um, 
And I wasn't convinced by Sheffield United, to be honest. I, I, I wasn't. And that's not, I mean, look, look, it, it sounds like I'm really being really pessimistic about them. And they've just won 3-1, which is good. But I, I would like to see them playing better football, personally. And, and that's what they were, that's what they'll need to do if they, if they are going to slowly but surely climb themselves up the league. I think a healthy dose of pragmatism is is good in this league, but yeah, to, to sort of scale the heights that Sheffield United will be hoping to scale, I think they will need to be able to turn Sheffield it on. United to the Sheffield United that we would have expected mm. them to be. Mm. If we're talking about just a mid-table championship team, that's a great win. Mm. Uh, you know, if Blues, if if this kind of performance happened from Blues, I'd be going, this is brilliant. Mm. <laughs> you know, but that's because mm. it's Blues. But this is Sheffield United, you know, not long ago, they, not long not long ago, are we talking about them being in the Europa League. Mm. two seasons ago mm. so this is you know in my opinion they need to just they still need to be wary going forward about how they're going to because let's remember this is against a, a, a whole city side that are in poor form at the moment as well yes yes very well said and and it, it's an interesting one with Sheffield United there's it's five games now unbeaten but you're absolutely right it's 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 whether they can maintain that and, and perhaps find new ways to play to unlock those more stubborn defences and, and against different systems. We'll have to, certainly a team to keep an eye on. It's going to go one way or the other. Uh, moving on, um, we've got to wrap up the last few games quickly because uh, we're nearly at time for this section. Uh, Middlesbrough taking on Blackpool at home. Blimey, where to start? Blackpool came from a goal down to win for only the second time this season in an entertaining game against Middlesbrough. Marcus Tavernier put Borrow into the lead early on from close range before he teed up Andras Sporar, who hit the bar. Blackpool also struck the woodwork after the break through Shane Lavery before Marvin Ekpeteta rifled them level. Name? Uh, Marvin Ekpeteta. Ekpeteta. <laughs> Grant Hall then turned a corner into his own net with 12 minutes to go. And although Martin Payero cracked the underside of the bar for Burrow, the Tangerines climbed out of the bottom three with just their second win in 43 championship away games. Neil Warnock's Middlesbrough, I, I sort of can't wrap my head around them. They seem to have they've shown one or two signs, but then they, these results don't look great. I mean, losing at home to Blackpool doesn't fill you with confidence, does it? They're, on, they're only one point ahead of the likes of Blackpool now. It doesn't fill you with confidence. And uh, Neil Warnock, I'm certain the kind of manager that he is, he'll be thinking about what's going, he'll be thinking about what's going wrong. That's really all I've got to say. I don't think I, I I don't know what's going wrong for them, mm. and um, I know that's not really doesn't really make great listening on a podcast, but um, I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, I think they're missing um, that the the right back, aren't they? I think Dyke Steele picked up a, an injury, and they're missing him. Um, well, if you're relying on your right back for your system, <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I know Liverpool miss Trent Alexander Arnold when he doesn't play, but they still play good football. Yeah, yeah. Um, so if if your right back is your is is is, your, is the key to your whole system, I think Neil Warnock needs to take a long, hard look at himself in the mirror. <laughs> Although obviously Ma Maxime Collan at Birmingham is in a different league altogether. Maxime Collan's right back. So. Maxime Collan isn't. He's not, he's not a right back. He's a god. <laughs> That's what his FIFA Ultimate Team card says. It doesn't say RB. It just says God. Yeah, it just says God. Half man, half God. Uh, we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna move on. Cardiff City at home to Bournemouth. And wow, this was a big, big result for the Cherries. Bournemouth moved to the top of the championship as Philip Billing's second-half strike gave them victory over Cardiff City. After a quiet first half with few chances for either side, 
The game opened up after the break with Denmark midfielder billing at the centre of everything. With 54 minutes played, Adam Smith drove into the Cardiff half before squaring to billing on the edge of the area. The former, the former Huddersfield man drove his effort into the bottom corner, leaving Dylan Phillips rooted to the spot. The Bluebirds showed glimpses of attacking intent late on, with substitute James Collins heading an effort over before strong appeals for a penalty when Kiefer Moore took a tumble in the box. So Bournemouth are now top of the championship with this win. A good win at Cardiff's side that themselves started well. They're two points clear as well, the Cherries, uh, over Fulham and West Brom. What a weekend for them. Yeah, capitalising on, uh, on the teams around them, not performing is the best way to put it. And I think Cardiff done well uh, to hold Bournemouth to just the one um, from what, from what I'm reading. And, um, you know, Bournemouth controlled the ball as we expect them to do. They got it. They got it wide. They got the crosses in and Philip Billing was sensational in this game, controlled everything. Everything went through him. He was the postman and God did he deliver. (laughs) That always reminds me of that quote from Balotelli when he says he doesn't he doesn't celebrate because when a postman delivers letters, does he celebrate? <laughs> on, on him scoring goals, like why? Should I can I think of a few times when Balotelli celebrated. Yeah, I think he, that was him just being a bit uh, difficult been in a bit, an interview or something. Yeah, it's, it's, a, been, a great, it's a great quote. But <laughs> 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 I wonder where Balotelli is now. He's in like Serie B or something. I think he, I think he might be in Serie C. Oh really? I think so. I'm come oh. on. I'm going to give it a Google. <laughs> Yeah, and I'll, I'll move us on to our penultimate game uh, for this section uh, of the show. Millwall uh, drawing at home to Coventry 1-1. Uh, Millwall and Coventry shared the points in an entertaining championship match that should have had more goals. The Sky Blues' Victor Goykoresh struck for the fifth time in eight games this season to put the visitors in front. And it was the Lions' George Savile's deflected strike that levelled the game in the first half before Goykoresh and teammate Matt Godden missed clear chances. Coventry continued to impress with lively attacking play after the break without finding a winner. So your favourite team, Joe, Coventry. Uh, pegged, win, back, win. pegged back by Rowitz Millwall. Good. Um, but it sounds like Coventry are playing good stuff and they're a, a side that looks like they can score goals, uh, especially against an organised Millwall side when they're away from home. It's it's encouraging stuff. I, I don't know if you're going to want to comment too much uh, on Coventry and their, their good start. or <laughs> No, not particularly. No. Uh, one thing I will say is that Mario Balotelli is currently in the Super League. Oh, right. Turkish Super League. Okay. Um, playing for Adana Demirspor. Okay. Who sit uh, like just above the relegation zone. Nice. So, nice. Anyway, uh, anyway, back to the championship because that's why we're all here. Yeah, so just to, um, to, to round up Coventry that, didn't win, so let's They didn't win. They didn't win, but they're, they're on the same amount of points as West Brom and Fulham, Coventry, though. They are in fourth. Um, they have surprised me. I think they've surprised a lot of people with the way... It's not just the way... Uh, the, the amount of points, sorry. It's the way they're winning those points. It's the attacking play. It's it's the, the, the XG. It's all the chances they're creating and the exciting football that's on display. Anyone would think at times you're watching Man City. You're not watching Coventry. Um, but it's, it's, Why are you praising them so much? Because they've, they've started so amazingly well. I mean, it's it's difficult. They're, they're not a team with a huge budget, but they've, they've got pl- uh, the right sort of players in. They've got Listen, the right right. Sort of I'm a fair man. I'm a very fair man. Right. They're a good team. Fair play to you. Okay. Right. Okay. They're going to fall That's off. Probably... They, haven't got, they haven't got enough there. If they don't fall off, I'll be very surprised. They haven't got enough there. I, I think you're right. I think that, that you know that they're not going to finish in fourth position. I think that's that is going to be a step too far. But but they'll be they'll be harboring secret uh, um, 
I don't think I don't think there's any secret of it. I don't think there's any secret of it. I think they'll they'll be they'll, they'll certainly be thinking about, and they'll be their fans will certainly be thinking about why 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 not? Why can't we get to the playoffs? Mm. And if they got there, the way they play football, attacking and free, I wouldn't put it past them to 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 maybe provide a bit of a shock and get there and, and get over the line. Who knows? But they won't because they won't <laughs> the playoffs because they there haven't got go. enough. There we go. There we go. And I don't like them. I have to go through. I have to stop at that station whenever I come up to Birmingham, and the train ends up stopping there for like half an hour because I don't know why, and it delays me by about half hour. And last time, it was it's just it's awful. Don't like it. I mean, that's probably a pretty. That's probably the nicest you've been about Coventry so far. So I'm more. Joe, I'm not really too much against the team Coventry. Mm. I'm against the place. Right. Okay. And look, first of all, people from Coventry, I'm sure you're lovely, right? But when the train stops in Coventry, why does it have to stop for half an hour? I wish I could tell you. I wish I could tell you. That's more of a query for National Rail, though, isn't it, than the, than the I people think, of Maybe Coventry. I'll phone a Vanty West Coast. Yeah, have a word. Train line, but... See what we can do. Uh, and we should say, Gary Rowett's Millwall only on eight points, which is a bit of yeah. a worry. Only one point above the relegation zone, which is not what you'd expect from an experienced manager and some experienced players in there as well touch touch worrying certainly is a touch worrying but um i don't think there'll be a alarm alarm bells will be ringing yet but they are certainly just picking up too many draws mm, mm. um and they need to start turning the den into a bit more of a fortress uh that like it used to be known as absolutely uh, and we'll move on to our final game and wrap this one up quickly it was barnsley nil blackburn nil um, uh, yeah. Not too much to say here. It was a fairly even game. Not loads of chances by the looks of it. But it is interesting that it's the point moves Blackburn up into the playoffs. They are onto 13. Yeah, that's, that's, I think that's the biggest thing out of the game is that Blackburn got a point. I think they'll be disappointed because, you know, that we know their attacking qualities from Bereton, Diaz and co. Um, and I have to say it like that nowadays because it's crazy um but uh yeah he's uh they've got really good attacking qualities i think they'll be a bit disappointed that they didn't go and make barnsley work harder for this point but that's yeah. all i have to say on the game yeah agreed um one of those two evenly matched sides barnsley only on eight points it's worrying as well you know we're gonna as i always say you need to play 10 11 12 games something like that for the league to start to take shape They've played eight games, they've got eight points, uh, only a point above the relegation zone. There's a few teams down there that might start to worry uh, if things don't pick up. Um, but we've got to move on. We've, that's a long section we've just done. We've done 11 games there. Uh, when's, the, we'll... when's the next international break? Oh, man, now there's a question. We've only just had one, haven't we? I we have, it's... but I don't think it's too far away. I think it's only uh, about a month away. I think that is when, when that international break comes up, I just thought it just popped into my mind. I think mm. that is when some teams will start to worry about their league position being too low and yeah. some teams that are higher up will start to think about how they can sustain it. Yeah, I think it's I think it's late October or early November, isn't it, the, the next international break, something like yes. that. There's, there's probably a, a, another five or six games to go, um, something like that. Yeah, you're absolutely right. It'll be interesting in a month's time. We'll really have a, a gauge of, of, of the table. Uh, and that's everything for our uh, championship roundup. Uh, coming up after this break, we're going to be diving into the very disappointing Blues game. <laughs> Stick with us.
Welcome back to the Royal Blue Podcast. Uh, and now, unfortunately, we have to analyse the Blues game from Saturday afternoon. Uh, the Blues travel to Peterborough. Um, well, I'll just read out the, my short match report first and then we'll get into this. Uh, Peterborough United ended a run of four straight defeats with a resounding win over Birmingham City. Harley Dean's first minute own goal gave Posh the perfect start and they never surrendered the momentum. Johnson, Clark, Harris increased their lead before halftime from the penalty spot after, oh God, is it George? Grant was fouled. Uh, Grant added a third after the break as Posh closed out the win against Blues, who had Gary Gardner sent off. The win was Peterborough's first since the 14th of August and first over Birmingham since 1993, while Lebo is disappointing Blues side slipped to a second defeat in four days. Posh's poor run had reminded them how tough the step up from League One is, but Darren Ferguson's sides were given the ideal start when Birmingham defender Dean got the final touch past his own goalkeeper, Matija Sarkic, from Siriki Dembele's wicked cross inside 60 seconds. Troy Deeney headed over Blue's best chance of the half from Christian Pedersen's cross as the visitors struggled to carry much of a sustained threat. Their task was made harder when Dembele's sweetly weighted pass slid in Grant, who was brought down by a recovering Ryan Woods. Clark Harris then sent Sarkic the wrong way from the spot. Grant made the point safe five minutes into the second half, coolly finding the bottom corner from the edge of the area after Dembele had jinked past two Birmingham players. Blues afternoon then went from bad to worse when Gardner was shown a straight red card for a challenge on posh captain Nathan Thompson as Ferguson marked a record 492nd match in charge, passing Barry Fry's previous mark with a precious win. Despite the result, Peterborough remain in the bottom three but now only on goal difference with Birmingham 11th, two points outside the top six. And I suppose when you put it like that, two points outside the top six, that doesn't sound too bad. <laughs> doesn't, to be honest. And looking at the way that the team set up, it was very a very different lineup than would have been used to. It looks like we kind of just set up in a very standard 4-4-2 and accommodating both Juki and Troy mm. doesn't seem to have worked. No. Really, I mean, getting off to that poor start, worst start imaginable. Not only are you conceding, but it's an own goal from your captain. Mm-hmm. You ca- I can't think of a worse way to start. <laughs> uh, and and it just we just never recovered, did we? No. I think uh, I know Lee Bowie is already admitting that there's a bit of fatigue involved, which is worrying at this point of the season, if that's the case. Mm. Um, and, you know... Uh, it's against this Peterborough side that really, certainly the way we started the season, you'd expect you'd expect us to to have at least gone there and played better football. That's it. That's it. I think um, it's well. It's in our interview with Tommy Mooney, he, you know, I said we lost to Fulham, but what better way to bounce back than travel to somewhere like Peterborough? And he said, actually, it'll be a completely different sort of test that will. And I think actually on this occasion. It's not just the players that, that couldn't seem to get it right, but I actually think we set up, it was the wrong way to set the team up. Um, I think Dini and Duke up top, it, there's not lots of mobility there. There's, there's not a player that's making those runs like Hogan does. And we know that Hogan didn't make an appearance at all in the game. So that might be a matter, a uh, different matter altogether. But there wasn't that sort of striker up top to really stretch um, the defence a little bit and, and, and create those, those bits of space and make, make the centre-backs guess. It, it was very much, um, it, it seemed to, to lack, and we lack, well, we just lack that intensity from back to front, the entire, the entire team. Um, I think Sunjic being dropped for Gardner, Gardner doesn't give you the same level of protection that Sunjic does. 
Um, I know Sunny's had a tough game against Fulham, but there'll be lots of defensive midfielders that have a tough game against that Fulham side. Um, clearly, Ryan Woods gave away the penalty. He had a tough... It just looked to me like that there were so many subpar performances here and the team setup wasn't quite right. It all just sort of amounted to a to a really poor performance and a really, really disappointing result. I don't think this is going to be... We had a really long roundup section. I don't think this blue section is going to be particularly long. No. Because it, 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 we don't want to be too depressing. And also, as you said, you know, we are only two points off the top six still. Yeah. yeah. And there's no reason There's no reason why we won't recover. Um, who have we got next weekend, out of curiosity? I can't remember. We're at Preston. We we're at home to Preston. Home to Preston. Yeah, that's right. So... um. A good, a good game for us to go and, and try and recover, I think. And then I know shortly after that, we're away to Queen's Park Rangers. I'm going to try and get myself to that game if I can. Um, I don't I'll, Maybe I'll pop it in our group chat, see if anyone's, uh, mm. anyone, anyone wants to go to it as well. Um, but, you know, I think that I don't think we should be too... I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to say we shouldn't be disappointed after a 3-0 loss. But... Um, the outlook of the whole season so far, let's not be too hasty to, to judge. And, and as he said, you know, Tommy Mooney is, is right to say that, that I think maybe Troy Deeney and Matt Sharpness is still, still he's still finding his level. In, in yeah, he came on late in the Fulham game and looked sharp, but that's because he only had to play 40 minutes. You know, if you're, it's completely different when you're starting a game and, and the team is set up to sort of, bring you into the game a lot more and, and you're you become a focal point it's very very demanding yeah, and you're up against like defenders that are fresh they've not already played an hour or whatever you know um so yeah i think from me i hope that Boya learns a lot as well i think the switch to 442 um considering that we've played five at the back a lot more all of a sudden pedersen is is out on that left and expected to get forward a bit more rather than sort of sit in Mm -hmm. um you know it, it it means that chong is is sort of shoved out wide and can't drift in a little bit. it just it just means that the players were perhaps not uh, and look you need to have a degree of flexibility but i think we'd really yeah. settled into a quite a quite a, a strong flexible system and if mm -hmm. he's explaining it via fatigue and saying we're having to make these changes already then it that is a, a deeper concern absolutely that this early we're having to worry about things like that but you're right it's 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 two points off the top six um which is at this stage of the season, I think any any team, certainly a team at Birmingham sort of level, would accept. They'd be happy with that. Um, but surely, surely lessons have to be learned from this. And, and we really need to see, I think, in the Preston game, um, Blues need to bounce back and they need to, to bounce back. Again, it's not just about results. It's about the performance. Um, you know, you can, you can have a game where you absolutely dominate. Almost like the Fulham game, I would argue. 4-1, I thought, flattered Fulham. I think we more than matched them, for the, especially for the first half. Um in the second half, they started to exert a bit more control, but but that flattered them. Whereas a 3-0 result for Peterborough, I thought, was absolutely fair. Um, and, and that's where the performance is, becomes more of a, of a worry. And, yeah, um, I think that's, that's, that's absolutely right to to say, because, you, I mean, we're so, the fan base, we're not naive, are we? We know that we're not going to go out every single week and pummel teams, but... The least we expect is, is 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 decent performances, you know. If we if if we went to Peterborough and we lost three two, but we play we play some brilliant football and we were just caught out by some good attacking play, we'd be really upbeat right now, right? Mm. I think as most fan bases would be, and it's 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 such a cliche thing to say, but that's, it, the reason it's so cliche is because it's so true. 
You just want to see your, your team go out there and, and perform admirably. Yeah, yeah. Fighting for the shirt. Yeah. yeah. It's, think, it's, should we... Should we mm. Go on, what were you going to say? No, I was just going to say, it's, it's not about... Really, Blues fans aren't after huge amounts of quality. It's nice when you have players like Chung that, that can add that bit of a sparkle to a performance. We just want hard work and, and the team to put that... To, to put a shift in. And I think that that sort of basic, the attitude wasn't quite right on Saturday. But Lee Boyer, if there's a man to sort it out who knows what Birmingham's about, it is Lee Boyer. And he will be talking to the players, I'm sure, this week, making sure they understand uh, what their responsibilities are in, in putting that shirt on ahead of the Preston game. I think it will be a tricky week at West Hills for some of the players after a performance like that. Definitely. So we, we did, before the show, agree that we weren't going to do a Stars and Stinkers. We were just going to do a stinker each. Um, <laughs> which sounds, that sounds so stupid. <laughs> um, I mean, in, ter- in terms of Stars, look, after a 3-0 loss, I don't think it's right to pick out any Stars, personally. No. Um, so we're just going to pick out one stinker each. Um, and to make sure that it's different, Alex, you go first. Because okay. I've got a few in my head that we could pick out. Yeah, it's a difficult one. I mean, for me, I think Roberts had a very poor game. Um, Roberts would have been my number one. Yeah, had a very, very poor game. Was replaced by um, Dion Sanderson at halftime. And I have to say, actually, Sanderson looked a lot better on the ball, a bit more composed. I, I, um, I'm on a couple of fan forums on Facebook and stuff, uh, uh, quite a few people are calling for Dion Sanderson to, to start over Mark Roberts in the next game. Like, revert back to that three at the back was Sanderson on the right of Harley mm. Dean in the middle and obviously Pedersen on the left. Mm. Yeah, it's it's, a, it's an interesting one. And Sanderson, certainly in a back three, when you can have even more of the ball and carry it a little bit, we know Harley Dean likes to do that. Sanderson's quite good on the ball, so it, it might work a little bit better in that sort of system anyway. But Roberts, I thought Roberts actually was quite poor in the Fulham game as well. Yeah, he, I think we put him in stinkers for that game. Yeah, he got himself, into, into some very, got himself in a tangle a few times in that game. So I think it's... We know the long throw is a big weapon of his, and we know that it, you know, with the with the height that our side has, how physical that the Birmingham side is, that is a real weapon. Mm. But you've you've got he's got to be able to defend first and foremost. And I think there's times where it just seems to get himself in a tangle and and mm-hmm. against quick quick those quick good dribblers and Peterborough have those. Um, you know that front three. Well, I don't expect Peterborough to set this league on fire. I think they, they will they will struggle. They've got a front three there that will trouble lots of centre backs. If you're one of those old school centre backs, it's not very mobile. They've got those forwards that will go at you and will cause you trouble. And he he, he struggled all afternoon, or at least in the half that he played. So Roberts unfortunately has to be my stinker we 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 love you mark but you need to uh you need to sort it out quickly mate because uh <laughs> it's cutthroat at Birmingham. yeah it is dion's coming for you dion dion's lingering <laughs> uh, not that dion's my... on homes under the hammers homes <laughs> under the hammers it's it's a much younger more handsome dion <laughs> <laughs> a little insight into alex there um <laughs> My stinker, I mean, it would have been quite easy to put Harley Dean in there, you know, with the own goal. Um, but you know, I love Harley, I'm not gonna, I'm not, and I, I don't think he actually was particularly poor. Uh, the own goal was unfortunate, that uh, could happen to any defender the that, way that, that's gone in. It's it comes with the territory, doesn't it? And we hear commentators say that all the time. Um, but you can't get sent off and not be put in stinkers, it's Gary Gardner. And I don't think I need to say much more than that. Yeah, poor, poor performance. And I thought 
this is the problem that him and obviously Woods giving away the penalty, as I mentioned. Yeah, the, the both of them struggled. I think I really think Sunic is is a really important player for Blues. I think he's the the only. I know you know he picks up the odd yellow, although he's been doing better in terms of his discipline. Yeah, actually, play. He's, been, he's been far less rash than we. Yeah, exactly. He just has that little bit of a better defensive sense than both Woods and Gardner. They can both put a shift in and put a tackle in. Don't get me wrong. But he just has that reading of the game. He's a slight more of a pessimist, if you like, and can thinks, well, hang on, if that ball gets through there, I'll 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 push in a little bit and, and, and take up that. I also spot. think that for, for for both Woods and Gardner, they both need Sunich on the pitch. I think because with Sunich anchoring behind well, next to them, he can drop in and it allows more particularly Roots, but Gardner as well, to, mm. to be more free, to be able to go forward, to be able to play the passes that we know that they can both play. Mm. I, I do think that that if we can pinpoint the biggest reason that we didn't win, beyond the system, beyond the own goal, before, before beyond the defensive mistakes, the one change that we could make, that I would have made, if we can go back before the game, would have been Sunic in the in the 11. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, and um, you know, you just hope that the lessons have been learned um, from 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 Bowie's perspective and for the players. Um, so I think <laughs> I'm just thinking about what we could do for the Preston game now. I think if we quickly preview that and perhaps um, think about what changes we would make, and then we can yeah, let's, probably let's call it a day. Yeah, I think let's quickly preview the next game. Of course, it is at St Andrews and uh, against the Preston North End team. The Similarly to Peterborough, I think we would have been looking at them and saying uh, we should be going and, and, and putting on a bit of a show. I think being at home will be a big difference as well. I think I, I certainly feel that the fans, because um, we certainly have a fan base that won't turn on the players too quickly. On the board, we turn on the board, you know, <laughs> very, very easily because the board has been so poor. Yeah. But, um, but in terms of actually on the pitch, the worse, the, you know, the harder the players struggle, the more that we tend to support them. And I think being at home will be huge mm. um, in terms of in terms of being behind the players. Maybe that was a big factor into the performance early on against Fulham, potentially. Um, I think, uh, and that's what Tommy Mooney said as well about St Andrews and how yeah. that can really, really, really get bouncing. I think that'll be hugely important. Um, I expect us. I expect Lee Bowyer to learn from this weekend and to go back to a back three. Uh, I expect Jeremy Bella and Maxim Collant to, to, to be a bit more free. Obviously, Jeremy Bella was a winger against... Um, and he got a goal. No, he didn't. He got No, he didn't. We didn't. Uh, well, against Derby. You, against you the did, Derby, yeah. he got a goal when he when yeah. he got forward. That's what, that's, that's what yeah. I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so when he can get forward, mm. we know what he can do. And of course, Maxim Collant, we, we sing his praises... All the time, we love Maxime Collin. In fact, I've been trying to hint to, to Alex to buy me a Maxime Collin shirt for my birthday. I'm we'll not. See. We'll see. Oh, stay tuned to see if that happens. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm I'm trying to get my dad to get it for me, but he's sort of locked in now. Damn it! Well, you're not. Well, what we'll say is like you won't be getting the away kit because apparently the away kit is unlucky. After what's happened. Yeah. Exactly. That's I mean, the only explanation. It's just the yellow away. Maybe I'll try and go into clearance. I'll try and get the green kit from last year. Oh, nice. Nice, mate. That's the one I'd want anyway. It's a good kit. Um, but anyway, so uh, no, you, Alex, I do not expect. You gave me a Birmingham shirt. Just gone. You just gave me a Birmingham shirt. I don't expect anything, as I said. 
So, well, don't worry. We'll see. We'll see. It's a big anyway, birthday you've got coming up. We're getting off topic. We're getting off topic. I think um, you're right. I think you're right. There's players in there that, you know, you look at Sarkic, he's really improved. Colin has to stay in there. I think Dean and Pedersen have to stay in there. Roberts is the one that I would look at changing maybe for Preston with Sanderson coming in. Yeah. Uh, we know that Jeremy Bella is comfortable as a left wing back. He's performed brilliantly there so far this season. One or two question marks because he's it's such an energetic thing and he's such a, he's obviously such a fit young man but it's it's whether he can keep that up because it, <laughs> yes it is it's, it's Very a, a big big job that um but yeah the, the other changes i think oh gosh gardener suspended so sunny has to come back in next to woods uh chong should be just ahead then the big decision i think up top is you know you've got duke and dini that started at peterborough i think hogan has to start i th- i would be, i would quite like to see a hogan and dini partnership just change it. I know, look, we love Juki, and yeah. I'm not saying it wouldn't be Juki being dropped, mm. it would just be trialing out a Dini and, and, and Hogan double act up there because Dini would be the one down the middle. Mm. You know, on paper, it would be Dini down the middle with Hogan, probably, I imagine, on the left and Chong on the right, but both of them would would flit inside hogan would do what he does that really clever movement and chong would would have the freedom to come inside and, and do what he loves to do yeah that's yeah, what i want to see i think that's that that's really you've sort of convinced me i wasn't entirely sure who should be dropped really but i think actually seeing Dini that likes to drop in and can bring other players in is quite clever uh, uh pulling defenders out of position and then getting those balls in behind if he's got a runner I, I think that could really work quite nicely and, and, and definitely would be worth having a look at Hogan and Dini up top. I think so. And then if you've got Duke on the bench, you've got a battering ram that you can bring on against a tired exactly. centre-back. I think, you know, you've got, tired, you've got tired centre-backs and if you're on top of a game, let's say you're 1-0 down, then you're on top and you're getting corner after corner, chuck Juki on the pitch and the defenders will be at sixes and sevens because mm. that's what Juki will... And Juki will thrive off of that. Maybe, maybe, but we'll wait and see what happens. Uh, I don't think there'll be another show before then because there's nothing there's nothing going on. So um, our next show will be next week. I imagine we'll, we'll try and record it on the Sunday as we always try and do. Yeah. Um, we will get better at recording and, and more consistent, of course, in the championship with midweek games and stuff. If we if we do wait weekly and we end up having to to pre to to review a whole bunch of games and end up reviewing twenty four bloody games it's uh it, it, it will be a long old show so we yeah. so we do try and do it every match day rather than every uh every week um we will get more consistent with that guys but uh is there anything else you want to talk about from a football perspective alex no it's just um the only thing i've got in my notes is to remind everyone of course of our uh, twitter and our instagram at royal blue pod please do message us uh, let us know your thoughts on blues the championship in general um make sure you go back as well and listen to our interview with tommy mooney in episode seven um that was brilliant i really enjoyed it tommy was great hopefully he can be uh, on the show again in future although he did say he thought birmingham would be a bit of a dark horse this season and since then it's not gone well so is that tommy i don't know is is, is tommy I'll try, we'll try, we'll going try, on? I'll, I'll try and give him a phone call game to take it back who knows <laughs> very, no, very I'm, I'm only only joking tommy we we very much enjoyed having you on and, and we look forward to chatting again um but no just a reminder about the socials from me and of course what is our email joe so you still don't know it or is this i can't remember royal blue podcast at gmail.com there you go Feel free to email us. We'll, uh, have you got any cool opinions or interesting takes? Any cool stories you've seen from football generally? It doesn't have to just be the championship. Um, it might get featured on the show, so do get in touch. Uh, and that's everything for me, unless you have anything to add, Joe. 
no just uh i think we'll wrap it up the way we always like to wrap it up and that is with a classic keep right on keep right on <laughs>